Good morning, church. May God really speak to our hearts personally as we being quiet in His presence. I believe more than ever, we need hope in this world. Even in the midst of all the shaking that is happening, all the uncertainties that is in the world. We need strong hope in the Lord. And today, we will see that to be strong in hope, there is one place that we really need hope. That one place, I say the point of no return, is a time when we step out of this world and into eternity. Now at that point, usually in that transition between this world and eternity, at that point, nobody else can hope, can help us. Maybe the doctors have already tried all their best to help. But finally, they say there's nothing else we can do. Maybe all the medication that they have put in and there's an end. And all the families and friends, even though they love us so much, but they cannot help. Maybe they can be with the dying person, but they cannot do anything. Now, in that point, in the dying moments, when nobody can help, that's the time. And the place where we really need to have hope. And God is trying to give us this morning hope. Even in the time when you have to be on your own. And only God can be with you. And it's a point of no return. Because... Uh, we will later see in Hebrews, it says that for man it is appointed to live and then die once. So once we are finishing up our times here on the earth, then you cannot return again. Then this is maybe it's different than other beliefs that say, oh yes, you can come back again, you can reincarnate. But the Bible says you are appointed to live once and to die once. So this is the opportunity that God gives us while we are living in this world. And this morning we will see that when we reach this point of no return, God is speaking about a state of blessedness. Now this is also different again. The world says, that's a place where it's so terrible, so fearful, so horrifying, so unknown. But God said, when you are in me, when you come to this point, God said, it's a blessed place to be. Now we need to learn how we can be blessed. So when we are in that point, 
we don't have fear, but we have hope. Now, one thing that Jesus talks before he was going back to the Father, he said, Father, this is, this is the time. Glorify me so that you may be glorified in the Son. And Jesus said, I have bring you glory by accomplishing the work that you give me to do. Now, Jesus, when he's going back to the Father, when he's leaving the earth, he knows. He was so sure and so confident because he accomplished the work that the Father given him to do. And so for each one of us, we are given each our own mission from God. In this life, why you are being born in this time and age, there is a purpose of God in your life. And if you want to go back to God, when it's time for us to go back to Him, and we want to be found at this place of blessedness, so we need to fulfill our mission. Accomplish the mission that God put in your life. And when we accomplish it, then we say, okay, Lord, I'm going back. Just like Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith. Now, when he said that, he's been doing all that he can do. He said, I labored more than my friends. I was persecuted in every city that I went to. And I almost, you know, many times he almost lost his life. So finally at the end, he was able to say, I have fought the good fight of faith. So it's our job as we are still living. We need to prepare and we need to have the hope so that when we are in this hopeless world, when your life is holding on to the hope, people will say, how can you are not grieving like the rest of the people? Because we have hope. So we can bring the hope to the world. So the purpose of this uh, word of God is that for you and me to be strong in God's promises. The hope is found in the promises of God, in His Word, even in the hardest of time, which is in the face of death. Now, uh, this message is not normal message that you would like to hear. People like to hear blessing, but this is so important. How can we say, I have hope, and yet in the most hopeless time, you don't have hope. So the proof that you have hope is when that moment comes to you or to your family members or to your friends. It will show what kind of hope we have in us. So we'll see first how death came into the world 
in Genesis 2 verse 17, God said to Adam and Eve, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Death is present in the world because of sin. And God envelopes everybody because we read in Romans 3, the wage of sin is death. So every one of us, as we are being born in this world, in the sinful world, we've committed sin. And since God's law say that the wage of sin is death, that's why death comes to everyone. There is no one on earth that can escape death. So if this is something that surely will come in our lives, so we have to really prepare. And death is a separation. Death is the time when someone is leaving the body and the soul and the spirit coming out of the body. And the person will be able to see, what? Oh, that's my body lying down. So the soul and the spirit is coming out. And the body started to decay. Nobody no matter how they really love the person, would want to keep the corpse, right? It's something that is already being left over. And in Luke 16, verse 23, you remember the story about Lazarus, the beggar? He was sitting at the house, the edge of the house of the rich man. And he was full of sores. He was so miserable. He was expecting to get some crumbs from the house. But instead, the ones who's coming to him was the dogs. The dogs came to him and licked his sores. And finally, this poor beggar, Lazarus, died. And when he died, he found that point of no return is turning around in his life 180 degrees he was no longer the beggar he was no longer the miserable the one who maybe stink with all the sores instead when he reached that point of no return he found himself to be in the bosom of father Abraham wow he was getting special treatment. He was with the father of Abraham. So, be careful. Sometimes, we will find things a little bit different over there. Maybe here we see some people who are so miserable. We don't want to be friends with them. We don't want even to be close with them. But wait, when they come into eternity, they might be 
in a state of glory with God. We used to have um, downstairs in the main service a lady who's a little bit uh, having some kind of mental illness. But amazingly, you know, she knew every time there is a service. You know, back then, we had a lot of services, right? Midweek service, prayer meeting service. And she knew, and she knew to come to the church. Even though she was like, when she's coming with all her clothes, you know, all those layer by layer, you know, so many things. And when she was in the church, she was like, just like innocent young lady and just so praising God with all her heart. For those kind of people, maybe we don't count them. But it may not be so in the eternity. They might gather very glorious place because God looks at the heart, not at the appearance. So this Lazarus, he was lifted and he was with Abraham. But the rich man also died. And he was being in all the luxury lifestyle. It was said that he was clothed in fine linen. He was eating very nice, fine dining every day. But look and behold, when he reached that point, he found himself to be in the flame of fire. And this is what he said. Luke 16, verse 23, And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. So he was in Hades. So this is the name of the world for the dead, Hades. And this place is called a place of torment. He was being in anguish in the flame of fire. And you see, when people were being tormented here, uh, I, I believe most of you maybe sleep with air conditioner on, right? And in here, if we don't have the aircon on, it's very hot here. <laughs> I can assure you, this place is very hot in the afternoon. Can you imagine? And one time I had a meeting here with, without the air conditioning. We were like this, you know, because it was steamy hot. But this man is not only being hot, but he was in the flame of fire. And he was tormented by the fire, and yet he did not die. He could not die. His spirit and his soul in the world of the dead is being tormented. Now there is such a change from being in luxury on this earth. Suddenly he ended up in the flame of fire. Now this is something that is really unexpected for him, we should. That he even asked for even a drip of water, but he couldn't. Abraham said, I'm sorry. 
But between us and you, there is a great chasm that we cannot cross. So here we learn, once a person died, his soul and spirit left the body. So we need to understand when we go to the cemetery, that's not the person there. The person is not there anymore. The spirit already left. So that's why we should not pray in the cemetery or talk to the dead corpse because it's not the person. Once this person died and moved to the world of the dead, Hades, it's a different world. It's an underworld. And they cannot go out. They cannot move places. Between Lazarus and the rich man, there is a big chasm. And they cannot also communicate with us who are on the earth. The rich man said, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus to tell my brothers. So let Lazarus be risen from, be rose from the dead and go and tell my brothers. But Abraham said, sorry, they have the law of Moses. They can read the Holy Scriptures. So once a person died, they cannot communicate with us. But there are um, we have many people um, that came and they told their stories. They say that there is a wife that just lost her husband. And she said that, oh, last night my husband came and sit on that chair. And he talked to me. Now, if we really listen to what Jesus told the story here, there is no way for the rich man to go back. To go back to his brothers. There's no way. He cannot get out from that place. He cannot even communicate. So what happened? So who is the person who came to the wife who just lost her husband? Now, we also read in Corinthians that the devil is a liar, right? The father of liar. And the devil, he says, he can masquerade as even an angel of light. So the devil can took the appearance of an angel of light. There is also a testimony from a servant of God. I forgot his name. But he's, uh, he was sleeping and there was a spirit being came to him. It looks like an angel of light. But then he doesn't feel right or he doesn't feel peace about it. And then he rebuked the angel of light, and then it turns out that it was black. 
and then it goes away. So it's true, just like Paul said in Corinthians, the devil is a liar. He can put up an appearance as an angel of light. He can also put up an appearance of a person who has died. So once we know the truth, that there is, there is no way for us to communicate with them. So we better do not communicate with the dead. Otherwise, the one who answers us is not the person who died, but the one who answers is the evil spirit. So let's continue on. In Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 and 14, this is written by King Solomon who has uh, been in all the most richest place. And he had all the pleasures of men. He tried it all. So at the end of his life, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is the conclusion of life. After I tried this thing, one thing, two things, three things, everything I tried, this is the conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it is good or whether evil. So this is the whole conclusion of someone who has tasted everything that he can. And he had in his power to taste everything, to try everything. He said, fear God, be careful. There is a judgment at the end of our lives. Even all the secret things that people don't know about us, one day, it will all be opened up in the judgment of Christ. That's why fear God and keep His commandments. And in 1 Peter 1 verse 13, Peter is writing to the people so that they will Hold fast to the hope instead of the suffering. He said, therefore, girding up the loins of your mind, being sober, per perfectly hope for the grace being brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So our hope is not supposed to be, okay, I just believe. Okay, I have hope. But it's not only that. We need to have hope that is so perfect. When your hope is being nurtured more and more by the promise of God. More and more by the promise of God. So your hope can come to a place where you perfectly hope. That means there is not even an inch of doubt. There is not an inch of fear that your hope is empty. Because you perfectly hope. Now that's the place where God wants you and I to be. And for us to be there, we have to gird up the loins of your mind. It means the loins of your mind. The loins is the productive place. So you have to determine 
in your heart, in your mind. Make up your mind. Be sober. Why? Because Jesus Christ is going to reveal himself as the true God and Messiah. He will come back again, not as an atonement for the sins of man, but he will come back again as a judge. So we need to prepare our mind. If this is what's going to happen in my life, then I have to prepare. I have to accomplish the work that I'm called to do. You need to finish what God put in your life. Maybe don't expect that, oh yeah, I will finish after I finish my high school, after I finish my university. Well, nobody knows how old you will live. There's one man named David Brainerd. He was so young, about 20 years old, he gave his life to be a missionary. And he went to the remote areas where he had to learn the language. But then because back then there was uh, no really good medicine yet, he contracted TB. But in the midst of his work, he was laboring. He was praying for the people, even though the language of the people is the one that is foreign to him. So he will pray and pray and prepare his sermon. And when he speaks, you know, people will be convicted by the Holy Spirit. And he was still young. And because of his sickness and the condition where, where he is working at, finally the, the sickness just took a toll on him. At 29 years old, he died. But when he died, 29 years old, he was still single. He was just started his missionary work. And he wrote, you know, he had a journal where he wrote his prayers to God, his struggles, all those he wrote. And upon dying, he was throwing his journal, thinking that, oh, this is just for me and God. He was throwing that book into the fire. But his friend, I think it was Jonathan Edwards, he took the book. And Jonathan Edwards published the book. And even though David Brainerd died at 29 years old, the journal that he wrote, it was being read by all the missionaries. And what he wrote really changed, impacted them. If you have a chance, please read it. When I read that, it will, I'm sure it will left a mark in your life. He struggles with God, what he's giving to God. 
know, people will say, oh, so pity. 29 and already died. But God has another plan. For the world, it looks pitiful. But for God, even though he was so young, 29, but by one book that he wrote, it becomes so much blessing to many people. So, prepare your minds. Perfectly hope. So now let's look at 1 Thessalonians 4. This is what we see, what kind of hope God gives us. Number one is hope for the dead. Now, for the world, being dead is the end of things. That's why people think, okay, I will just commit suicide and I'll, I'll forget all my misery. I'll forget all my problems. But it's not the end. When you commit suicide, that means the beginning of misery. Remember about the rich man. So, in God, there is hope for the dead. First Thessalonians 4, verse 13 and 14, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who do not, who do, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So God is saying, do not grieve. You do not to grieve so deep because there is hope. Maybe when you lose someone that you love, yes, you cry, yes, you grieve. But there is a hope. There is a hope for the dead. As long as they die in Jesus. So for Jesus, death is not the end. There is actually death is the beginning of eternity. So if we know about this, for those, the Bible says, blessed are those who died in Christ Jesus because they rest from their labors. They find the rest. But the key, die in Christ Jesus. So for this, Jesus is giving us hope. And I believe why there are so many dead people being risen up again. There is a ministry that have seen like about 50 plus people who were dead and they came back to life. There must be a reason why they escaped death. Maybe God is giving another opportunity. Maybe God is giving them a time to accomplish their mission and purpose. And we see in Hebrews 9 verse 27, this is the 
uh, scripture that I referred to before. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So after we people die, and there's coming judgment, they will all finally all will be rose again, but they have to face judgment. So let's continue in First Thessalonians four. Number two, it's not only there is hope for the dead, but number two, hope for resurrection. Let me clarify a little bit for point number one. We are given an opportunity, chance, and time on this earth. When Hebrews said, it is appointed for men to die once. That means once we reach that point of no return, there is no chance of us going back again. So there must be a lot of souls in the place of torment where they say, oh, I wish, I wish I had repented repented at that time. Oh, I wish I turn around. But once you reach that point, you cannot return. So when I say there is hope for the dead, it doesn't mean that you can do anything else. But as long as that person is in Christ, there is hope. Because when the Bible says it is appointed for men to die once, that means once they die, we cannot pray for them to be saved. We pray for people to be saved when they are here on the earth, when they can repent, they can ask forgiveness. But once they reach that point of no return, just like that Lazarus and the rich man, there's no point of return. So let's use our time wisely. Just like in Psalm, Moses said, Lord, help us to count, number our days that we may be given a heart of wisdom to understand that we will not waste the opportunity given to us. So number two, there is hope for resurrection. Verse 14 until 15. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Verse 15, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So there is hope for resurrection. If we believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus died and rose again. That means we also, when we died, there is hope for being resurrected again. But here we are being given an information about what will happen when Jesus reveals himself. That the dead in Christ will be resurrected first and then we who are still alive will be changed in the twinkling of the eye. Our bodies will be changed to the immortal bodies. And then we will meet together 
in the air. So let's just look at this um, uh, this is being put up by our senior pastor. If you want to study it further, it's available. You can buy this in the bookstore. So here we see Hades. This is for the evil people. It, for example, the rich man. And this is for Lazarus. So they were separated, different compartment. Even, even though both are Hades, the world for the dead. But they are separated, right? This is a place of torment. This is a place for Lazarus to find relief. And instead of Hades, there are also many other words that the Bible uses. And uh, if you get the, the brochure, it has all the scriptures. You can study about all this. There is Tartaros, Abusos, both of this is for the evil spirits. And there is one thing, this is for the eternal fire, Gehenna. Now this is hell. This is what will be forever and ever. So when people died, they went to this underworld for the dead people. But one time, Jesus died on the cross. And when he rose again, not only Jesus was resurrected, but the tombs of the saints that was dead, it's all opened up. And all the saints are being seen by people in the city. So when Jesus, uh, can we have this put up? So when Jesus was resurrected, at that time, it happens also resurrection for the saints. And what happened when Jesus was on the cross? One of the uh, criminals said to him, Lord, I believe in you. And Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. Once a person believes, since the cross of Christ, they will be taken up to paradise, to be with the Lord. So now if we have friends who died in Christ Jesus, the moment they died, their spirit went to be with the Lord. And we see what this verse said about us, that when Jesus came back, the rapture is have happened on the air. Jesus will not touch down on the earth yet. Rapture happens on the air. So this is what happened when the dead will rose first, and then after that, we who are alive. So that happens here. This is our time now which is the, uh, the grace, the season of grace. But shortly, we will enter into the seven years of tribulation, which is the first three and a half, and then second three and a half years. And after the seven years of tribulation, we will see the 
1,000 millennial kingdom of Christ. After the millennial kingdom of Christ, only then the devil, Satan, will be thrown into hell. So right now the evil spirit had their time. They're still roaming around. So this is what is being explained in 1 Thessalonians 4. When we meet the Lord in the air, we will not precede those who have died. But the dead in Christ will rise first. Then after that, we will meet them in the air. So the third one. Continue in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Number three, there is hope that we will want one day will be reunited with those who have gone before us. We will be reunited with our loved ones, even though in heaven there is no marriage. So people will not stay in the state of being married to someone, no. But we will all will be like angels in heaven. I'm sure when we meet, maybe you meet your spouse, oh, you will be so happy. You will recognize them. You will know the history. You will be filled with so much joy. And that's what we hope for. Let's hope for being reunited with those who have gone before us in the faith. And Jesus promised in Revelation 1, Verse 17, 18, when I saw him, John, saw Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last. And the living one, I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. When Jesus rose up from the dead. He said, I have authority even over the world of the dead. I have the keys to death and Hades. That's why he said to us, do not be afraid. When you are in God, your life is in the good hands of God. Nobody will take it when it's not time yet. Fear not. I have been there. I knew the way. I knew what you are going to. I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Fear not. So God is giving us hope. Even for those who have died in the Lord. They must be in a 
place of blessedness with God. They are happy with the Lord. And that's our hope too. So let's stand up together and have the musicians to come forward. Let's sing, It is well with my soul. Even though I face many things like waves coming on my ways, will say, It is well with my soul. And one day, when Christ is calling us, it is well with our soul. Let's all stand up together.